You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and check out our Patreon page patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. You know, it'd be nice if uh, Stu Sternberg subscribed to raise unfiltered, throw us a couple shekels now and again. You think so? That would be nice. You think he would uh, subscribe? I don't know. He'd be like, um, you know, let's, let's pinch a penny here or two. Well, the team's now worth uh, five times what it was when he took it over 12 years ago, Does he know 15 that? years ago. He's acting, he's acting like the opposite has, has, has happened. Look, I don't know what, I, I would love to see the books. Of course, those books will never be shown to the general uh, public, but I really would love to see those books. I do know the latest numbers I have in front of me that he purchased the team for $200 million in 2004. And the franchise is as of 2020 pre pandemic, I guess was worth uh, $1.05 billion, which uh, for you math nerds out there is a value appreciation of 425% and an annualized appreciation of 10.9%. But we poor over here. No money. <laughs> that's, that, that's what he's saying. That's what he screams at every yes. six months when he, Mark Topkin actually corners them uh, with a microphone, a microphone uh, you know, or a recorder or a Zoom meeting, I guess, in pandemic that, times. Okay, this is, and, and we talked about this on Patreon. So for our Patreon subscribers out there, we love you. We appreciate you. Some of this may get a little regurgitated uh, because of the hour-long episode we did the other day on that site. But again, Mark Topkin, you don't have to interview Sternberg every year. Just no. publicize the same comments he makes every single year because it's the same exact crap. It's attendance. You know we don't have all-stars. We don't have money. And we got to be really flexible where we're the race. So we've got to always be on our feet here. That's it. it it's it, he is Scrooge of, of, of MLB owners. It's, it's amazing how having the, the luck, the, the, the lucky life of actually being able to, to own a, a major league team. Imagine that not only like, you know, all the good things yeah. that have to happen in your life for you to be in that position, but also just being born right. in the realm of that. This is a possibility. And yet you act like this is just an, just an investment. It's just a business. Like obviously, yeah, there's a, a, a crap ton. Oof, that was close. You almost said it, man, you are <laughs> heated up. You've got this Topkin article in front of you, highlighted and so forth. Oh, oh my God. goodness! I, I, you know, and and he just treats it like uh, like just pure a, a, a stocks, like his, right. a diversified portfolio. This is what we're gonna have to do, and without any fun. Like my goodness, man, you own a baseball team. Have some yeah. fun. And he retired at forty years old too, so you can have a lot of fun when you're able yeah. to have the wherewithal to be able to do that. That said, 
You know, I've heard some comments. Actually, um, we had a lot of interaction, listener interaction on, uh, I was kind of, we were kind of crowdsourcing some Stu Sternberg comments, which we'll get to later on in the episode. But um, one of our, our big time listeners, Zach Dab, had sent us a DM and said, so now that the Wilpon uh, owners are out as the Mets <laughs> owners, can we agree that Stu is the worst owner in all of major sports? I'm not willing to go that far. I think there's about a half dozen, uh, five or so owners in baseball alone that are worse than Stu Sternberg or that had the perception of not being as good as Stu Sternberg, I guess. I think that, that might be hate, more hated by their personal franchise. If Stu, well, yeah, I mean, Stu is pretty much almost unilaterally hated by a lot, like yeah. by Tampa Bay Rays fans. So that, I think, that's going to be. Yeah. And I will say uh, that I think most sports owners on the surface are disliked right. outside of Jeff Vinnick and a few others, because again, it's, I don't want to say jealousy, but it's the billionaire. They don't make the moves that you want to. It's right. easy to pick on the billionaire that you don't know. Uh, and can barely put a face to a name that sort well, of idea there, there's kind of a spectrum right because you were asking Stu, come on man just spend a little have a little yeah. bit more fun why are you look you know that's what we're saying but i bet the white Sox fans are like jerry lay off let the gms yes. be the gm don't get me your buddy tony la Russa because you're having fun with your baseball team this is not only your baseball team it's our baseball team get off it so they obviously like everything in life there's a spectrum and there are shades of, of what you want your ideal ownership group yeah. to be. But it does seem like Stu does hang around one side of the spectrum permanently. Right. And I, and I will say, if you're a race fan out there, you better be glad that A, Vince Namoli is not your owner. B, Peter Angelos isn't your owner. C, Bob Nutting isn't your owner. D, Jerry Reinsdorf isn't your owner. E. John Fisher, the athletics guy, isn't your owner either. So well, that's that's a couple of names right there for you. But okay, so let, let's without further ado, of course, the thing that has gotten so much discussion and talk was the recent article that Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times pinned with Stu Sternberg and made some notable comments. Yes, you are. Making Wait, an incredulous so, look. Yeah, because I thought the biggest news was Hunter Renfro moving to the Red Sox. We'll Wasn't get that? to that. Well, that's kind of on the back burner right there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let me right. say this, though. I'm willing to put it on the table that Hunter Renfro will hi- have a higher war than Nate Lowe in 2021. Will you take that prop bet? <laughs> with, with playing in a, in, a, in, a, in a kid's playground? Yeah, I bet Renfro smashes against the, 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 the monster. Just a whole yeah. bunch of flyouts and pop-outs for Renfro are going to somehow turn into doubles. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, no, it's an infield fly. Nope, it's out of the park. What happened there? <laughs> what is going on? Um, we'll get to that briefly later on in the show. But, of course, Sternberg talking with Topkin and – I found that there's probably about four to five points that really, I guess, riled up the fan base here. And, and, and we'll go through these one by one. The, the first one, of course, is him reflecting on the Rays making the playoffs and facing the Blue Jays, Yanks, Astros, and Dodgers. He says, quote, it's hard to find too many of the Rays who would be starters on any of those teams. 
it's not like we've got this group of Hall of Famers and All-Stars. Ulysses, you are shaking your head. That is just so wrong. I mean, Brendan Lau is is not an All-Star in any other in, in any other team. That's that's a ridiculous yeah. thing to say. Blake Snell doesn't make a rotation in in any of those teams. Get out. So, you know, it's just a little bit uh, disingenuous that that comment and it sounds a lot like a person that doesn't really know the Tampa Bay Rays and, and, and the team. And it's just kind of hearing what ESPN first take say about the Rays only because they're playing the Yankees or the Astros, not because they actually wanted to talk about the Rays. That's a fair point. I will also add, we did an episode several weeks and, or I guess months now where we tried to guess who on this team would be an all-star. And it's not very deep, even though this team went 40 and 20 and made it to game six of the world series. Like he is right in the fact that there's not a huge group of all-stars on this team. Brandon Lau, Nick Anderson, Austin Meadows and Blake Snell. That's it. Really? Nobody else has been an all-star in this year alone. I can't think of a lot of true all-stars. If there was an all-star break outside of probably Lau and Anderson, quite frankly, how many other teams have boasts more, more than five all-stars though? Probably the Yankees, probably the Astros and probably the Dodgers, I would say. In a good year. But I mean, uh, I, all I'm saying is five, I think, to have five yeah. caliber all-star uh, players is, is a pretty high number because usually not a lot of teams, if they go to the, uh, when, when the all-star game is played in a normal year, not a lot of teams will actually get five guys in. Right. Uh, so, uh, so the fact that we, that we're saying we can collect five, it's already a pretty high amount. So I, I have to disagree there. I, I think it speaks really what he's trying to say. And it's probably the wording, if anything, the cachet of the players in the names. Right. Like you're not talking about Ryan Thompson in the same light as Jose Altuve. You're just not. Right. So, that's a different um, so that's conversation. The, Poorly, like uh, friends from um, Arrested Development would say, phrasing. Never saw the show. Is it good? Oh, my God. Kevin, you kill me sometimes. I watched Arrested like the first really? 10 minutes and just couldn't get into it. I'd rather watch uh, Workaholics reruns. That's neither here nor there. No. Oh, that's a drop off in comedy. Come on. I think that's going to have to be a Patreon episode is us discussing TV shows and movies. I think that's, it, that's it, it, it'll show how, how great the MLB off season truly is. Very true. Very true. Okay. So moving on the next thing, um, Sternberg pointed at, uh, for the Rays to get to the world series, he says, quote, was an almost insurmountable task, really nothing short of stunning. This also riled up some fans as well. Uh, I, I, why? Uh, it, 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 does he mean from the game one? Sure. But I mean, if you're watching the regular season and they end up with the best record in the American league of 40 and 20, the only, the only team in the American league to reach 40 wins, it can't right. be a surprise and utterly ridiculous to no. I, this team was really good. And we've said this since 2019, when Jimon Choi struck out, uh, against the, the Astros in Minute Maid Park. He said, this team is going to be really good. And it got better. And the, the depth got stacked even, even fuller than ever before. We've, we've mentioned that they were 
going to be a deep playoff, if not a World Series, you know, caliber team. So, no, again, I disagree yeah. with this being a shocking surprise. And and quite frankly, I actually don't totally disagree with them here when you take into account the 40 and 20 is one thing, of course, but just the fact that this team was ravaged, ravaged by injuries and pitching injuries. I mean, we're talking record numbers. And if we're talking playoffs and getting to the World Series, I do think it's sort of nothing short of stunning the fact that the Rays had to go five games deep with the Yankees, seven games deep with the Astros. And it took some crazy, crazy moments like the Mike Brasso, Aroldis Chapman standoff, all the one-run games, the immaculate defensive plays, the fact that the Astros hit so many hard-hit balls, but they kept hitting Rays gloves. So I think it, it almost kind of was a miracle that all they had to battle through to get to that point. Um, you know, I, I really don't have a big issue with what he said. And, and again, maybe this is me trying to, to play devil's advocate a little bit. I, I just didn't really necessarily see the, the total whole outrage of this. Also, when you add into the fact that uh, Topkin didn't really publish the, the full comments in, he didn't give the, I wouldn't say his quotes that he used were taken out of context, but he didn't provide the full context of those comments. I know where you're coming from. And yes, but it's not like every other news article is going to provide all of uh, everything, every little word. So we have to understand that, yeah, some of it is going to be edited down. Some of it is going to come down to context and maybe it wasn't, you know, said that way with the tone Tone is very important. We yes. all know that. But um, when you when you have an issue with so many things that Stu is saying, and we can always say, well, maybe he meant this, and maybe he meant this for every little thing, then he's really, at least we have to agree that he's really a poor speaker. Uh, if he's not able to convey one single thing, and, and, and at face value, everybody knows what they meant. If we always have to have an ex- explanation for, well, Stu actually meant this and, and phrasing, right. then we have an issue. He's also, I, I wouldn't qualify him as a poor speaker. I would qualify him maybe as more blunt and to the point. He is a very rich businessman, and that's probably how he was successful, not by mincing words and telling the truth, even if it offends some people. Now, you probably would want him to consult a little bit more with the PR team. But then again, he is the owner. It's his team and he can do what he wants. Now, these next couple comments, th- there's not much I can do to defend these. Okay, I, I, I think I'll be on your, <laughs> on, on your side of the page here. Um, talking about uh, how the Rays could, I guess, handle uh, COVID-19 and, and social distancing protocols. Uh, he says, quote, most of our games are attended by less than 10,000 people. So we could probably, for the most part, run a normal stadium operation. Yes, that is true. Although, actually, the, the Rays do draw more than that. I get where he's coming from. It is kind of funny from that perspective, but a little bit in poor taste, especially when you consider the, the levity of the situation and the Montreal talks and the fact that the Rays are just coming off of uh, – a World Series appearance. So th- there's not much I can do to defend this one. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Not great, Bob. Not yeah. great. Um, because uh, like you said, poor taste. You, you don't just trash your, your, fan, your fans uh, like this every chance you get. And most of them are under 10,000. When you average about around 15,000, that, I mean, 
what is he saying that they only have four times that they go 30,000 and then the rest is like 8,000. So it averages out yeah. to, to 14,000. I mean, maybe, but I, I, I would be surprised if most games are actually attended by less than 10,000. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, a real fact figure. Unless uh, but, the Rays you know, are that playing we can the always, <laughs> yeah, well, we right. can verify that uh, at a later point, but yeah, no, just poor taste. Just again, poor, not maybe poor speakers, not the greatest, but like, you know, not the greatest tact and maybe a hey, businessman, he can get away with it. Well, then we get, we can get away with saying you have so, then coming taste. back and clapping back. I do agree yeah. with you there for sure. Okay. Now maybe the most scorching, the most damning comments that he made uh, are, Considering the talks on Montreal, he says the Rays have, quote, made tremendous progress the past few months on the Montreal side in terms of stadium plans and business dealings with the group led by Stephen Bromfman. He says, quote, I've been not just encouraged, but really beyond pleased on how things are progressing up there. Another not great Bob, right? Not great, Bob. Not great, Stu. Um, look, I've always been an optimist um, on the uh, on the 2028 situation and, and trying to get a stadium in Hillsborough County where people actually live and you could get the casual fan to stroll by and say, hey, there's a game tonight. Let me let me go on here for 15 bucks and have a beer and a hot dog. I think that is the optimist. And I want to believe in that future for, for, for race fandom. After these comments and like it just that image of 2028 being a reality is is getting dimmer and i honestly i think they are after the webinar the season ticket holder that that we talked about as well uh on patreon it's it it's looking like sister city is the they're just ramping up and that's the reality for them this is what they're looking at they don't care about any plan b they're going full steam ahead with the sister city plan. And if the sister city plan doesn't work or they're blocked by some, by something, then 2028 means no race baseball in Tampa Bay. Oh my goodness. Um, I agree with pretty much all of that with you. I'm just holding out hope that he's continuing this song and dance in hopes that Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, the city of Tampa, whatever it may be, private investment steps up the cost and in hedges uh hedges sternberg's bed and says okay we'll we'll help you out here if you're really serious about this montreal plan <laughs> the other thing is you just keep keep saying this stuff and then by 2024 sell the team that gives this new owner time oh, to great. come in and get stadium plans whether it's jeff vinnick 2.0 the uh whoever uh has the uh the public's uh riches public supermarket riches yes Derek jeter became part of the ownership group of the miami marlins a few years back what if somebody else owns the rays in 2024 say who is the richest retired player in tampa bay okay rodriguez or say a tom brady wants to get into baseball hey uh pat mahomes owns a portion of the Kansas city Royals. I like where you're coming from on that. So you get pair up a player with uh, a business owner or somebody who who's made their fortune in another way and go about it that way. I mean, Tom Brady 
You really want to be uh, beloved in Tampa and Tampa Bay by the Rays. Damn it. Do it. Tampa Bay. Maybe, maybe Brady and Gronk. They say, you know, we're best buds. We're going into business together, buddy. Let's go. You know, I don't know if I want Gronk to be part of my ownership group. No, necessarily. I feel like he would, uh, I don't know, spend money on pool parties and things like that. Extraneous. Sounds like it would be cool Christmas parties though. I'd go to a Christmas party thrown by. That is true. That is true. So maybe we need to start a campaign. Okay. Get Brady to, to own the race, something along those lines or a former baseball player, but I can't think of like super rich, (laughs) former Tampa Bay Rays players, maybe devil rays. Maybe Tino Martinez or Fred McGriff, but I don't even know if they made enough money to foot the bill. Right? No, no way. Maybe it would take a collection of a bunch of those guys. The like 018. it takes every Tampa Bay baseball legend <laughs> to like throw in a million bucks. I'd Sam be okay Fold, with that. We are now asking for your money. I'm Sam Fold, you throw in fifty k. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Oh my goodness. Uh, of course, we got. Quite a few comments here from listeners on Stu Sternberg. And um, in addition to our comments, we got a lot of listener comments on uh, Stu Sternberg asking their honest opinion about the Ray's principal owner, good, bad, indifferent, so on and so forth. I will also add, uh, I, I look, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of uh, window dressing here and picking out the uh, picking out six comments for the fact that under Sternberg's watch, the Rays have had six playoff bursts since 2008. I could have picked out nine because they've had nine winning seasons under his watch. I'm just going to say, okay, it, there, there is no argument that he has been better than Vince Namoli, right? Like I know that people are upset in the moment, but let's, let's also yeah. bring some context I mean, to this thing, bringing a team that has a 54% winning percentage compared to a team that under Namoli's watch was winning less than 40% of its ball games. A hundred percent. But I mean, that that's kind of like saying, Hey, you know, mom, I run better than that kid. And you know, yeah, you're 29. That kid's six. I know. It's yeah. You're just, better than the six year old. It's just low hanging fruit. Yeah. I feel like to always pick on the owner. It's very, very easy to do. The biggest problem I have with is not necessarily picking on Sternberg. It's those people that, criticize and curse Sternberg on social media, but in person at FanFest, they're the first ones <laughs> that walk up to, hey, Stu, let me get a picture. Can I shake Stu, your hand? How's yeah. it going? Can I talk to you for a couple minutes? You people know who you are and you're terrible. You're phonies. <laughs> and that is the worst type of person. I love it. We'll get yes. to your comments next. All right, Ulysses, getting to some of the comments we got on Twitter on Ray's owner, Stu Sternberg. And I must say, we've got a whole bunch of comments. I mean, our notifications were just blowing up all (laughs) last night and this morning. People have opinions on Stu Sternberg. I think that's pretty safe to say, right? Who knows? Maybe Sternberg in his anonymous Twitter account threw in... uh, Threw in a joke or a limerick there. Who knows? Yeah. Um, So... Just going through these here, Yancey Eaton says, I used to think running a team as cheaply as possible was commendable. Now, I just wish I rooted for a team that cared about what its fans thought and pushed their chips in and signed big free agents that kept Longoria, that had an owner who only cared about the product. I want an owner that wants to be where my team is, that doesn't see owning a team strictly as a vehicle of wealth. 
who is so in love with baseball and so rich that he slash she sees buying a team as the pinnacle of personal achievement and wish fulfillment of a lifelong dream and cherishes it. I think Yancey needs Preach. to be uh, Sternberg's Preach. writer, needs to be yes. his PR person, his point man, right? Beautifully put, beautifully put. Yeah. Does, I, I doesn't see it only as an investment. That's exactly yeah. it. If you want to do investments, there's plenty of business out there. You have to understand that you are messing with millions of people's emotions and that can be a little bit, you know, it's a different animal. Yeah. I, I will add though that, yes, listening to fans on some things on getting them to buy tickets and things like that, I wouldn't necessarily want fans input on how to run a baseball team and signing free agents and so forth. Uh, you know, I, I don't need you. I, I don't want fans out there saying, Hey, sign Jason worth to a $130 million deal. I, I really don't want that quite frankly. Um, okay. Dr. Matthew James Gray says, uh, and by the way, Australia resident as a non Tampa Bay baseball resident, who's also a Rays fan, He's a genius at staffing in the Moneyball approach. He's also got no interest or love for anybody in the Tampa Bay community. These two feed off each other. He's a businessman, pure and simple, most return for least investment. Again, another good comment from uh, Dr. Matthew James Gray. Uh, Jacob Larson says, uh, on Sternberg, woefully blunt, but usually honest with many things, very much better at getting the right people to do the work in the front office. Solid upgrade from uh, Vince Namoli. Only disagree with his thoughts on drafting and international signing rules. I don't know if I'm privy to Sternberg's thoughts on drafting and international signings. I'd have to look that up or get a refresh on that. I spy with my little eye. What's that? Jacob Larson is Stu Sternberg. Oh my goodness. That's Sternberg. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy okay. theory. All right. That's Stu. Thank you, Stu. Thank you for listening, Stu. Yeah. We appreciate it. Let me your... pick a let me just pick a common name like Jacob. Uh, what's a what's a not really obscure but a believable last name? Lar- yeah. Jacob Larson. Scandinavian. Okay. Scandinavian last name. Oh, Larson. Oh, and Jacob Larson. Okay, that's good. That's 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 far enough away from Sue Sternberg. Okay, I can get away, get away with that. He's woefully blunt. Okay, Stu. Thanks. Jacob, thanks we for, thank you for your comment. You. Again, these are these are this is Ulysses talking. I don't necessarily hate what you're saying. Um, Tampa Bay AJ says, I remember when the Lightning couldn't fill their stadium. What did they do? Gave away almost unlimited free tickets to community groups to build the fan base. Raise, maybe a few giveaways but they wanted that $5 gate fee and $10 parking, even though it left 25,000 seats empty. Yes, I do understand that, but you're also running a major league baseball team. This isn't pop Warner football where you're trying to get people in the stands. Like you you don't give away all your tickets. And, And I feel like they did that. They made that approach already. And again, it goes back to the stadium location where you could bring in food and drinks. And for a period, you didn't have to pay for parking. Like I feel like they did make an effort at least early on to try to bring fans into the stadium. Now we can argue about there's more things they could do with community outreach and business partnerships and things, things like that, but you can't give away all your freaking tickets for free and, and then expect people. I mean, those people probably aren't going to buy, uh, you know, they want a ticket for free. They, they probably want their food and drink for free and they're probably not going to spend any money. They'll, they'll show up to the game and they'll, they'll just watch it. Or you're not Again, just, there's you're, a gray area. Yeah, there's a gray area. When the Rays were like, you know, in 08 through 2010, where we're like, oh, the attendance is poor and everybody, it was way better 
way better than the last five, six years. Okay. So if we could go back to 2008, when people were like, well, you know, the race don't really draw that much. <laughs> they did. We could, we would love to have 2008 type numbers, right? Uh, if you, if I'm not mistaken, 2008 uh, through 2010, if you had four people in your car, you didn't have to pay parking on, right. on a Monday or a Friday or a Saturday. That was a great idea. Four people in your car, you don't pay for parking. What did that make you know people do? Hey, buddy, you want to go to a game with me? Sure. You know, and we used to do that in college and in high school, you know, go over there and, and not have to pay for parking. And then now you put parking for 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Are you serious, man? $20 just to park my vehicle. That's ridiculous. That's that cannot happen. You and that is why you that show up. We, you even are inside the gates. I'm 20. No, that can't. That's why you show up after the third inning so you can park for free. That is Kevin's exactly. So, or, or you do other maneuvers like we know, um, and, and 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 try to save money that way. But I mean, it's just, it's it's not it's not smart to to get yourself yeah. behind the eight ball. Uh, and and people are saying no to 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 your product. Normally, just I'd be marketing. okay with with continuing my my scam, I guess, of showing up late to the game so I can park for free. But the fact that Blake Snell's only pitching five innings is like, I missed three innings of Snell. Exactly. What the heck? I better exactly. get in. Yeah. Uh, is, are those three innings worth an extra 20 bucks of watching Snell in person? That is, that is the debate you have to have. Uh, Jake Gullickson says, incredible on the baseball operations side when it comes to getting the right guys in the front office and letting them do their jobs. But damn, is he terrible at the PR side of being an owner and getting fans interested in the team. Very well put. And then Austin Holloway says... Uh, on Sternberg, he says he is the Manfred of the Rays. Doesn't seem like a horrible person, but never knows what to say or how to say it and truly has no passion for the game of baseball. As profitable as it is, you have to think these guys could make their money elsewhere. Let someone else take over. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Calling Who's got Tom a line Brady. to Tom Brady? Calling Let's do it, TB folks. and Gronk. Let's do it. Let's, uh, uh, there, I don't care. No, get, get, the steroids, a get the steroids up in here, man. I don't buy a Genesis. I don't care. Get, just give me a stadium in Hillsborough County, A-Rod, and I, I don't care. I don't I care. wouldn't mind seeing some J-Lo in the Tampa Bay area. Let's go. And uh, let's just say, I mean, A-Rod does know the Tampa Bay area. He is very familiar to that area considering spring training at George yeah. Field. Um, and he's had quite some shall I say rendezvous in Tampa hotels, Tampa boutique hotels. I will not get into that, but there are some things out there that have been said or written about A-Rod, but let's just say I think he's cool with Tampa. Um, all right. <laughs> I think we've covered the Sternberg thing. Should we say anything about Hunter Renfro signing a one-year deal with the Red Sox for $3.1 million with another $600,000 incentives? I, I think uh, uh, I hope that Hunter does the best and he can rebound in 2021 and, 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 and be a great asset uh, for, for himself and his family. I don't want him to succeed against the race, but he definitely does have a better shot at making some puffy numbers with yes. uh, Fenway uh, at his side. And he always, this is again, you know, kind of a conspiracy theory. He always had the face of a Red Sox. Okay. You know well, he was drafted by the team uh, coming out of high school and then ultimately played at Mississippi State. So maybe you he know, had he, the Red Sox look. 
I guess. Yeah, he has a Jason Bay. He's got the Dustin Pedroia, you know, uh, look to kind him. Kind of a gamer type. Okay, I see where you're coming from there. I will the say it is Jonathan sort of satisfying. Bond. Yeah. I will say it is sort of satisfying that the Red Sox are signing Rays castoffs. Like, no, I wasn't good <laughs> enough for the Rays. So yeah. the Red Sox were going to sign him. That yeah. has not uh, worked out very well for the Red Sox in their past, I should say. Look, I think he will. I mean, it's, it's tough to, to not be much worse than he was in a Rays uniform. I think the fact of coming over to the new league and the pandemic and trying to get adjusted and settled and, and really being sort of a bit part-time player hit him. Um, yeah, I think he'll hit a lot of home runs in Fenway. I think defensively, we know about his prowess there. I think that will certainly take an adjustment in how do I play off the green monster and, mm-hmm. and the shallow outfield and right and all those odd dimensions and everything like that. Um, and I guess another year in the AL East where now he's maybe starting to get a little bit more familiarity with pitching in that league may help him again. I, I really don't think there's anywhere else, but to go up for Renfro and Bloom got his man. Yes, that is true. And it's, I mean, that is a very low risk signing for the Red Sox. I mean, to the Rays, like yeah. 3.1 plus incentives. Like, ah, that's a pretty penny, but for the Red Sox, that's, that's a write-off there. That that's really nothing from that perspective. For the race, that's G-Man Choi money. That's G-Man's money. Yeah. Don't take G-Man's money. Uh-uh. Don't do it. Don't do it. I will say, you know, Renfro, if if there's something that might lead to him uh sputtering in a Red Sox uniform, it, it is the fact of he is going to a very rowdy, raucous media and fan environment. Uh you're you're talking about a small town kid from Mississippi who yep. played for the Rays and Padres previously. He's right. also, I mean, his Twitter account is private. He's got a private account. So, I mean, I guess that's a good move from that perspective, but it also shows that, you know, he's not about it. The yeah. limelight that, that could be a different thing for him there. So pick up there. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to read the article that Topkin wrote on, on Renfro, by the way? No, I haven't had the chance. Oh, he had a couple money quotes. Renfro did. Yeah. He said, quote, in the way they do matchups and stuff like that, talking about the race, it was kind of tough for the kind of year I had to see me move forward. The amount of money they supposedly lost this year and stuff, they basically told me they couldn't pay me, that they'd really like to obviously keep me, but they can't. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he didn't really enjoy his time with the Rays, even though they did make it to the World Series. Also, he said, uh, the lights at Tropicana Field are, quote, different, and it's Quote, hard to see there. Uh, huh. Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas. Is this Willie Adamas or, or Hunter yeah. Renfro speaking? This is this is Willie Incognito as Hunter Renfro. Okay, so maybe we got something there with the lights. Okay, so yeah. Willie, KK, Tommy Fam, they're all connected with the lights of the trop. Um, yeah, Hunter didn't really like his time uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, I think he joins the Pad Burrow Club. Yeah. For the record, and I did look this up. I did fact check this. Uh, he hit better on the road, or he hit better at home. He hit better at home than on the road. Slightly better at home than on the road. So I don't think it was just the trop lights. Now maybe you yeah. get into a slump at the trop, and that carries over to the road. You can make sure. that argument. But he was just—he was bad all around. Fastballs, yes. breaking balls, off speed. He struggled. But I'm wishing him the best, and I will again. Not tongue in cheek because I think this is a really fun prop bet. Is 
I think he will have a higher war than than Nate Lowe. Of course, that takes into account defensive metrics and everything like that, assuming he learns how to play at Fenway Park. There we I go. Just, I, just, I just hope that Xavier Edwards is a big deal because if not, then we just gave up a World Series trophy. Oh, we, yeah. For, that, we gave up Tommy Pham, Jay Cronenworth, and what did we get back? I mean, we got the back World the Series. Year of, we, we got outfield Zanino. That's who we got. Yeah, basically. With a Zanino type face, too. Corner outfield Zanino. Okay. <laughs> Xavier Edwards, you better be Francisco Lindor. Esteban Kuros, the throw in, in the deal. You better be like a 15-war player by, yeah. by the time your career is over for this. Oh, my God. It's not looking good. I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge that uh, as of right not now, great, not looking so hot. Not Although, great, if, if Hunter Renfro does terrible with the Red Sox, wouldn't that be a net positive for the Rays? That would be a pot. Yes. Yes. It would be a retroactive positive. Yes. The Rays are thinking on, on so different levels. They make They're this playing trade. 40 chess, baby. Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. All right. As a reminder, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash race unfiltered. That wraps up this edition of locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on MLB prospects. I should note, We'll have the host of Locked On MLB Prospects, Aram Layton, on the show for Wednesday and Thursday. So you want all your Wander Franco questions. You want all your questions about farm systems. Uh, we're going to have it for you on Wednesday and Thursday. So be sure you stay that, tuned for that. That was super fun. So you guys may uh, make sure to tune in uh, to those part one and part two uh, episodes because they're really fun and Aram is so knowledgeable. We we oh, we both came out with yeah with a few little gems. So that that was really really enjoyable. You are going to I think a be entertained and b be smarter after listening to Aram yes. Lightning. So stay tuned for that Wednesday and Thursday. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.